On today's episode of the Breaking the Game show, Stephen is out for a short time, so I'm running things. We've got Western Conference exit interviews with my special guest, Mo Murphy of the Up in Flames podcast. He and I go over the same thing Stephen and I went over with the last episode with the Eastern Conference. Uh, that's re- expectation versus reality. Best player, most disappointing player, a coaching evaluation, and the biggest decision going forward, looming for each team. Thanks for listening. Don't miss the show, and we'll be right back after these messages. Hey, what's up, everybody? Uh, if you're wondering why things look a little differently today or why I'm starting the show, it's for that reason. Uh, Steven's going to be gone for a little while. Um, so Austin here, you know, taking over. I'm in the in the captain's chair today. And a good friend of the show and part of our Off the Ball Network, he's one of the VPs. He's the host of the Up in Flames podcast. He was nice enough to come on and help me today. And it's Mo Murphy. How you doing, Mo? Hey, I'm doing good, bro. Definitely, like, it, it's nice, you know, I miss my guy, Steven, but, like, it's mm-hmm. nice to see you hosting the show in the captain's chair. Like, I feel like, you know, I got to bring it. Breaking the game is something that always, when I've been on this show, it's been, like, basketball knowledge got to be, you know, I could get judged off of this, so I'm definitely excited for the show. Well, awesome. Well, thanks for coming on. I appreciate the help. You know, it's always always good to to pick your brain and, and hear what you have to say because – you know your stuff too. I wouldn't worry too much. You'll be just fine. Yeah, one hundred percent. So we're finishing off our exit interviews that we did last episode. If you guys missed it, go check it out. We uh, did our Eastern Conference exit interviews. Stephen and I did. So we're uh, we're covering the Western Conference today. It's definitely for me the conference I follow a little bit more. Just be, being a Lakers fan, I just have always kind of gravitated that way. But. Uh, Things this year didn't uh, didn't really turn out how we how we expected, did they, Mo? No, not at all. Like um, I think Steven said it on multiple times. I think both of y'all said it when I was on y'all show the last time. But it's like if you look at the standings, if you reverse the whole like one through eight, mm-hmm. that you could almost pretty much envision that being like the standings for the most part. I mean, nobody expected Golden State go from eight to one or anything like that. But if you kind of interchanged and, and made it opposite, you wouldn't have necessarily been surprised. So like, you know, this was a, a very eventful season on both sides of the conference, East mm-hmm. and West. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And it's a good point you made about the, the, just, you know, flopping the flip flopping the standings like that. Uh, I, I noticed that the other day too. And it's, it's just been a crazy year, you know, the way it started out, everybody kind of expected, you know, all oh, this was going to be a, kind of a cakewalk season repeat for the Lakers, or at least to make it to the the finals. And you know, injuries and all kinds of things have uh, have kind of gotten in the way of that. So um, we are going to just move right into this mo. We're going to go mm-hmm. back and forth just like Stephen and I did. I believe you are first with the Dallas Mavericks. So if you want to go ahead and take it away, I mean, right ahead. Bro, Dallas had. 
Dallas pretty much had the season I expected them to. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're the five seed. I expect them to be anywhere between uh five, six, and seven. So I'm not surprised for them to pretty much lock lock up the five seed. I think if Portland wins tonight, um, I think Dallas wins the tiebreaker. If I'm not mistaken, Dallas wins the tiebreaker. But obviously, Luca is Luca. Uh, if I had to talk about like a disappointing player on the Mavericks, I talk about Chris Stapps. I mean, he really hasn't been what we thought he would be. Uh, basically, being with um, being with Dallas, he he hasn't been able to stay on the court. When he is on the court, he plays pretty well, and Dallas looks fairly promising when Chris Stapps is on the court. Obviously, we know what Luca does, but like the 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 player I want to give flowers to for the Dallas Mavericks has actually been the second most consistent player, and that's Tim Hardaway Jr. Um, he's been very consistent. Now, the problem I think with Dallas is the fact if he's your two, if he's your second best player, you're not winning a championship. And I think that's the problem that Dallas has. Chris Stapps is not continuously healthy, but Tim Hardaway Jr. has played amazing this year. Uh, so like that, that's that's why I want to get flowers too. And then another guy who's kind of had a disappointing season to me is Josh Richardson. I thought Josh Richardson was gonna fit a lot better with Dallas. We seen like we seen how good he was in Miami. Obviously, he had some value there. Went to Philly, played a pretty decent role in Philly. I mean, pretty much did in Philly what you expected him to do, and then you expected that to kind of carry over to Dallas. And so for him to not do that was kind of that was the surprise for me. I thought Josh Richardson was going to fit perfect right alongside Luka Doncic and then Chris Stapps. I thought he would be healthy for most of the season. Mm-hmm. So I think Dallas is right where I thought they would be, and I don't know if. Dallas wins the first round. Uh, they're either going to play what looks like Denver or the Clippers. That'll be determined tonight, really based off of the Denver and Portland game. Kind of has implications on who Dallas's opponent is. And also, as we'll talk about later, has implications on your Lakers. Uh, so right. those are two big games coming on tonight. But I just – I don't know if they get out of the first round. It's kind of mm-hmm. tough because it's just – it's Luka and then who – but they might benefit because you have Denver, who is like Jokic and some guys. I mean, MPJ's played great and stuff, but I think Jamal Murray matters. And then it's kind of been like Dame carrying the low, him and CJ McCollum. Eventually, I think that duo is going to have to split. But, I mean, Dallas is pretty much exactly where I thought they would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, me too. I think if it weren't for that slow start that they had at the beginning of the season and, they, you know, it got derailed a little bit with the COVID restrictions and all that, I think they would probably be about – third which is which is right where i i had them so they've been you know they've been solid all year um i mean what can you say about luka Doncic if you're if you're saying too much bad about him you're just nitpicking stuff because the guy yeah. can, can do it all it's pretty impressive um so yeah there's the dallas mavericks and i do want to mention since i forgot in the opening we are uh coming to you live as part of the off the ball network and if you're listening to this on the radio, we are on the Nothing But Net channel on Dash Radio. If you're listening to us on the radio, it is uh, Monday. On, and if you're listening to us live, it is Sunday, the last day of the regular season. So when Mo was mentioning those games that uh, that had some implications, it is he's right about that. This is the last chance to you know cement your spot where you're going to be. So we'll know more you know tomorrow about who's going to be playing who for sure. But I feel like that was a, a pretty good breakdown of the Dallas Mavericks. Thanks, Mo. 100%. Um, I'll go ahead into the Denver Nuggets. Okay. This is a team that I was pretty high on coming into the year. I think I had them third or fourth. I'm pretty sure it was fourth. Um, and that's right where they are now. Uh, so 
pretty pretty spot on there. I just saw what they did in the bubble and ex- expected you know pretty big things from them. But the the West was so jumbled and deep at the beginning of the season, it kind of just felt like two through six could have been a toss up just about with of any of those teams. So you know, third place if they end up there, if they go fourth, you know, either way they've had a really good year. First round, you know, they'll have home court in the first round. Obviously, uh, Nikola Jokic has been their best player. I mean, there's no surprise there. He's probably the front runner for the MVP. He's probably going to win the MVP, you know, rightfully so. Um, you can say what you want about injuries to other guys being the reason he won, but I think it's just the reason he got the recognition he deserved. Um, you know, I mean, what do you expect? What more can you ask out of a center? Eight and a half assists a game, a, a double double on top of that. He shoots if he's efficient, he can stretch the floor enough. He's. He's picked it up considerably on defense. His defense has gotten a lot better just even from the playoffs last year. So, you know, another big year from him. He he took another step forward, and he's he he belongs in the, the conversation with the, the, the very top players of the league. Um, yeah. Disappointing rotational player, and he's even kind of picked it up a lot recently. For me, it was um, – oh, of course, I'm going to blank on his name. Will Barton. That's who it was. I had Will Barton. Um He's had a, a decent season. He he just hasn't really found found his footing or his or his timing. I don't know how, what you want to say. That are that he doesn't seem quite in sync with the rest of the team when he's out there. He's a little bit of a a one on one kind of ball stopper type of player. And I feel like this team does a, a a pretty good job otherwise of moving the ball and you know finding the open man. So he just he's kind of been out of sync a little bit. But he's he's picked it up the second half of the season. He had a a little bit of a rough, you know, first half before the all-star break, but with Michael Porter jr. Breaking out the way he has, you know, I kind of expected him to get, you know, pushed to the side a little bit. So nothing too surprising there. The coaching job. Um, I'm not sure if they don't make a deep playoff run. If Malone's job isn't in jeopardy, I think he could be possibly on the hot seat. I know just from, fan groups that I'm a part of that they're not a huge fan of the guy. Their fans don't seem to uh, agree with a lot of what he does at the end of games. And they do at the beginning of the year, they were losing a lot of close games that they should have won. Now they're winning those games, but they're still letting the other team come back and get into games that they shouldn't, they should be, right. you know, when they should be putting their foot on the gas, it seems like they're backing off and it's, you know, they let teams back in when they shouldn't. So I don't know if it, it's going to go so far as as firing him if they don't make it, a, a, you know, do all right in the playoffs. And part of that's because of Jamal Murray's injury. You know, I don't think the expectations are nearly as high with this team as they would have been. Um, but, you know, I've been on the record for a while now saying I think that's going to end up being a blessing in disguise for for the Nuggets because they've got a whole year now where there's not going to be really expectations on them to win anything significant. And at the same time, the guy who takes the most shots on the team is out for the whole year. So that opens up right. tons of opportunity for their young guys to step into that role and grow. And then when Murray comes back, it'll just make them all that much better. So coaching job, we'll say average in the middle. We'll give him like a C. He wasn't yeah. great this year, but he wasn't too bad. I mean, you can't say too much if they finish third in a deep West like this one. And then – a big looming decision for them. I 
I don't know if they have one necessarily. I think their timeline kind of got slowed down a little bit with this injury. Just I think they want to focus on getting him back. I think they've got a really, really solid core to build off of going forward. So. Yeah, I, I mean, I 100% agree. I think, mm-hmm. like you said, I think the expectations kind of changed now that mm-hmm. uh, Jamal Murray is out. I think you just look at Denver a little bit differently. You shouldn't be expecting them to win the championship. So right. I do think – like I, I agree with everything you said. And when Jamal Murray went out, I think all eyes were on two players that you mentioned who stepped up, and it was Barton and uh, Porter Jr. And both of them has, has actually – like they, they had a shaky first half. We seen some mm-hmm. flashes of Porter Jr. and was hoping he would take that next step. But all eyes were on those two. And now I think they've exceeded expectations or they've at least took the step and stepped up mm-hmm. in the way that you needed them to. For Denver, they're still right. a, they're, they're a tough out for anybody. Like they yeah. could win their first round matchup if they're four against Dallas at five mm-hmm. or if they have to play Portland. Like they could win that series. And I think. I think they don't want to be the third seed. I, I think that's something to watch out for. You know, us being live doing this show, uh, if you're watching on or listening on nothing but net, then the outcomes already happen. But I mean, I think that's something to look out for. Is does Denver mm-hmm. want to win that game tonight? Because if they win and the Lakers win, do they really? Is that who is the Lakers who they want to play in the first round? And point. I think not. And you know, a report came out saying they might limit some of their star players' minutes. Jokic may not play, but the first half or something. And I think. It's, it's ducking competition in a sense, but it's also being a smart organization. I'd rather play Portland or Dallas as opposed to playing L.A. in my first round. I'd like well, to get to the second round. I mean, that's just – it's smart idea for the organization. Right. I think if it's down to one game left in the season, uh, anybody has a problem with losing a game with one game left, I mean, it's not that big of a deal. It's a, it, Like you yeah. said, it's a smart move, 100% agree. Um you know, if that if that is how it turns out to where they don't have to play the Lakers in the first round, they could I think they're probably I would say my my dark dark horse pick to to go to the Western Conference Finals again. I think they could still they could still surprise some people. I mean, they haven't missed a beat since Murray's injury. It's just they just keep on going. Michael Porter Jr. stepped right in. Jokic has still been, you know, the best player in the, pretty much all year. So, you know, I just think they're they could uh they could surprise some people, but we'll go ahead and move on to another team that I've really loved watching this year, which I never thought I would say a couple of years ago. And that's the golden state warriors. I'll let you go ahead, Mo. There's, there's, there's a lot to say about golden state. So I'm going to keep it short. First off, Wardell, Stephen Curry, like the fact that this man is a possible, you know, this man is a possible MVP candidate. That's all he is, is a candidate. His name will probably finish in the top three in MVP voting. But, I mean, I guess, uh, uh, you know, I've talked about this numerous times. Talked about it with Jeff and them on our legacy show. But it's like a man who won three championships, two MVPs, one unanimous, had something to prove this year. And it was like, can he carry the load? And you look at the Golden State team. Now, I don't think they're as bad as everybody say, but they're not good. Like, I don't think they're the world's worst team outside of Steph Curry, but they're definitely a lottery team. I mean, it seemed like they're borderline lottery team without Steph, but that Mm -hmm. man's carried the load. He's, he's done it all. He's got them to the eighth seed. They're going to be sitting there, you know, paying attention closely to the games tonight uh, to see whether they play the Lakers or Mm -hmm. they're going to end up playing Portland. I like in one game, Golden State to win either of those games, one game. I'm not saying I would Mm -hmm. bet on that, but I won't be surprised if Golden State beats right. either of those teams in one night. That's all it is. I mean, you mm-hmm. know, the playing tournament, what I love about it is these next few days, this is everybody's game seven. 
potentially. Like mm -hmm. you're playing it like it's game seven because your season could be over if you lose this game. You know, whether you're the seventh or eighth seed, you lose, then the next game is your game seven. Like these are game six or seven scenarios mm -hmm. for teams. Um, I guess most disappointing player is like it fluctuates, but it's back to them. Like, and it's Ubre, Kelly Ubre Jr. I mean, mm -hmm. they brought him in and then you knew he wasn't going to be Clay Thompson, but you was hoping like he could fill that void a little bit. And I don't think he really came close. I mean, I think the flowers go to like a guy like Andrew Wiggins, who's showed some real value in himself this mm -hmm. year. Obviously, Wiseman's been in and out of the lineup, but I don't think a rookie can really disappoint. I didn't have the highest expectations. Nothing. When he was on the floor, he was pretty decent. Mm -hmm. I think he has some high upside, but Uber right. Jr. has been disappointed i mean he's been injured but it was like he had a horrible start to the right. season first off that start was probably the worst start of any player that you Didn't had he missed like every shot that wasn't a dunk for like his first like three games or something he crazy. missed he didn't make a three for like the first seven games and up yeah. to that point he had attempted like over 30 so i mean he had like the worst start to me for any player that you had any type of expectations for right. now i'm sure it has been but that was one of the worst starts i've seen for a player that is expected to have some type of expectations within his role. Mm -hmm. uh, Steve Kerr's job is safe. When we talk about coaching, Steve Kerr's job is safe. There weren't really many expectations. All eyes were on Steph, I guess, to see if he could lead them to the playoffs. And he's mm -hmm. done that job. Now, granted, it's the play-in tournament, but he's done that job. They're they were the eight, They finished out as the eighth seed. He did his job. He's amazing. I mean, you know, like – had it not been for – had Jokic have went down with injury also, Steph could probably win the MVP because mm -hmm. we, we talk about however we want to look at Jokic is going to win the MVP. Had he missed 10 to 15 games also, you'd probably be talking about Steph Curry would win the MVP. That's right. how amazing he's been this year. That's how consistent he's been this year. Ever since the All-Star break, the man's been on fire. I think there's been about maybe two – Maybe three games that it seemed like he cooled down, but it was like he went on that streak of, what, 30-plus points for, like, 12 games, mm -hmm. had, like, 25, so his streak ended. And then he's been, he scored, like, 30-plus almost every game since then. Right. I mean, Steph has been nothing short of amazing. Golden State has a promising future, and I think moves uh, – I've seen some rumbles about they might be all in on Kawhi Leonard. You know, uh, coming into this season, wow. we heard that before Giannis had signed – you know, that contract extension, they would want it, you know, possible Giannis in Golden State. Mm -hmm. So I think they're looking to upgrade. But I just my only thing with Golden State, I'm afraid that if they get Kawhi Leonard, they don't have the cap space to to sign him straight up in free agency. Mm -hmm. That means somebody's out. And that means the out would be Clay Thompson. Right, mm -hmm. I guess rightfully so. As great as he's been, as great as the Splash Brothers have been, the past two years he's been injured. You know, he's missed the past two seasons due to injury. And you look at Steph showed he's still in a he has he's in championship level play window as an individual. Draymond Green is Draymond Green. He's still just the X factor on that team. He just he's the grinding dirty. He keeps the attitude mm -hmm. around. Wiggins has stepped up. And you look at if you're trying to get a Kawhi Leonard, who would be the guy out that has the most value? It'd have to be a Clay Thompson. I mean, we're yeah. talking about an all-star for all superstar and Kawhi Leonard. So I think it's tough to like just give up on Clay like that, but just look out for Golden State to be looking at dealing Clay Thompson somewhere for either high profile role players or another star to put mm -hmm. alongside Steph Curry and have uh you know a, a big three again of Steph, another all-star and Draymond Green. And I think the two names I would attach to that would be a Bradley Bill 
or since I've seen rumblings of Kawhi Leonard or Bradley Bill to replace like a splash brother with another guy who could just get a bucket and finish second in the NBA and scoring. So right. I think that's just something for the offseason to look forward to is Golden State has some decisions to make, and, it, and it's going to entail on some loyalty. And sometimes business overrides loyalty because you see you still have that great player in Steph Curry and you're a championship organization the past five right. years. You know, you got three championships in like the past five, six years. So you still you don't want to close off that window due to loyalty. Sometimes business overrides and Clay Thompson just might could end up being on the wrong side of business, whether people agree or not. I just think if they're going after a Bradley Bill or a Kawhi Leonard, they have to trade. Clay Thompson has that massive contract and he would have the most value. I don't think a team wants Draymond Green more so if I'm going to give up Kawhi or I'm going to give up Bradley Bill. I want Clay Thompson. I want a guy even coming off an of injury still has a promising future. Mm-hmm. And Draymond Green, I just don't think will turn the tables for any organization as far as improving or building around. So right. I think Golden State does have a lot of things to look at in the offseason, and, and they could have another top five pick. Like that's another thing. If Minnesota gets the fourth or fifth pick, Golden State could have another top five pick. They could trade mm-hmm. that pick with James Wiseman. Like we thought they were going to mm-hmm. trade that pick last year. Uh, they got they they have a bunch of trade assets. That's yes. an, and they have Curry. They have a t- player to build around. So mm-hmm. Golden State is going to be more intriguing, I think, in the offseason than so far in this current because you don't see them winning a the championship. What they've done right. is amazing this year, but I think it ends after the playing tournament. I think it ends no matter who they play mm-hmm. in the first round. But you hear it now. If Golden State gets that seven seed and plays uh, Phoenix, Golden State will beat Phoenix in seven. Hey, there I'm you calling go. it now. Breaking news here on Breaking the Game. Mo said it first. I could see that happening too, man. I, I fully agree with everything you said. You know, a lot of years, Steph Curry might be the MVP this year. You know, there's a lot of instances where, you know, he's doing things that are just unreal. And yep. like you said from the get go, to a guy, for a guy that's won three championships, two MVPs, a unanimous MVP, this might have been his best year, really, because. At thirty-three, like who else does the de- who else does the defense have to have to key on? Nobody. I mean, they know he's the guy. He's the one yep. that you need. To, that's going to be taking the shots. He's, you know, they can't. It's it's not like they're not trying to get the ball out of his hands. You know, and they've thrown everything they can think of at the guy, and he's had sixty-point game. He had fifty-point games. I mean, he had that streak. I believe it was like the fourth longest thirty-point game streak in like the last forty-five years. So, you know, it's that's that's crazy. It's just that's not something you see every day. And he had what was it, eighty-two threes in like a ten-game span or something. Nine games. It was ridiculous. Ridiculous. He's done stuff unheard of for the greatest shooter mm -hmm. of all time. You think like he had something to prove to some people, and you would think like, ah, I mean, as great as he is, I don't expect any greater. Right. And it's like here it is. Like you give him a team, and obviously we're talking. It's it's different. When you give a LeBron, a Kawhi Leonard, they're the best player on the team. This guy is six foot three listed. I think he's six one lucky. Right. If he maybe uh on a great day of stretching. Mm-hmm. This guy's six one leading his team to the playoffs as the best player with really no other threat. I mean, you expect Andrew Wiggins to play big. I think he's played pretty good this year. Mm-hmm. I think he's gained some value. But outside of that, like you're not you'll let Andrew Wiggins beat you. You'll let Draymond Green beat you. Like, you know, Steph Curry is the guy to beat you, especially a lot of these good teams. And he still did it. Like what he did was amazing. And Mm -hmm. and this year might be the year highlighted 
his breakout year that put him on the map as one of the best players that we've seen in a long time. And this year, I think those two years before he started winning championships will be probably the two most important years to his legacy that you look Mm -hmm. at and be like the year that he broke out is why he was considered great. And then the year this year is why he's a legend. Like this is why everything that he did up to that point, he solidified his legendary status with it this year. Mm -hmm. So I, I think he did an amazing job. You know, just with what you just said, I was just thinking about it. The the one season of Kobe Bryant's amazing career that sticks out in my mind the most is the year he had that was very similar to, to Steph's year this year. A team with no real expectations, led the NBA in scoring, just set some marks that were unbelievable. You know, the 80-point yeah. game, the 60-plus in three quarters, the streak of 40-point games. That's the only season – despite his five championships that the whole season sticks out in my mind that I can really remember significant, you know, moments throughout that year. And so you're probably right. You know, we'll probably look back on this season and think like, man, remember when Steph did that, you know? And so it's been a, it's been a really fun year watching golden state play. And what you said about clay Tom Thompson, it, it, it does suck. You know, he's been there for a long time. He's been loyal. The team's been loyal to him. But it makes me nervous that he's had back-to-back knee injuries, especially with his play style of play. He's not out there cutting and you know running to the rim. He's not out there, you know, physically bouncing off guys in you know as he drives to the basket. He doesn't play a real physical style of basketball. And his second injury basically happened in in like a, a warm up, like a workout. Yeah. So it makes me worried that maybe his his body might be starting to to break down. Unfortunately, that just happens for some guys. So it might be smart for them to get value for him while they can, even if it's not something they necessarily want to do. So yeah. I, I agree with that too. Um, we'll go ahead and move off of Golden State. I, I could talk about them all night, so we'll try <laughs> to try to stop. We're going to go to a team that disappointed a lot of people this year, and I think rightfully so. It's the Houston Rockets. Um, I actually – picked them to finish 12th. I didn't I didn't have very high expectations for them even before the whole James Harden fiasco and you know circus that he put on to get out of there. I just I felt like the writing was on the wall. You know, first Maury leaves, the coach doesn't want to come back and then Russell Westbrook asks for a trade and then James Harden asks for a trade. Even if a lot even if that happens and you don't end up trading guys, it's it's a really really bad start. I can't remember a season for a team that ever went through the kind of off season that they went through with that many off the court things and issues and then had a good year. So I I wasn't expecting it to be completely, you know, the bottom completely fall out like this and then and end up in 15th like they are. But I, I wasn't real high on, on my expectations for them. I do like one player that they signed this year a lot, and that's Christian Wood. You know, he's one of Steven's favorites, and I, I, I love him too. Uh, he's had a heck of a year, twenty-one and ten. He's only played forty-one games, but he he had some injuries. But here's a guy who didn't get drafted, I don't think, or if he did, it was late. He didn't. He, you know, worked his way up through the G League. He nobody really knew who he was until about two years ago. And if he had stayed healthy, he probably would have been an all-star this year. You know, he's he's yeah. had a, a kind of a coming out party the last couple of years. And on a team that outside of John Wall and maybe Eric Gordon, you know, you don't really know what you have with 
the majority of the rest of this roster, he was a he was definitely a bright spot. He was somebody that that I think going forward they can count on to try to to build around because he's not he's still fairly young. You know, he's not 21, but he's not 30. You know, he's he's yeah. still got a lot of years left. I think it was a smart move to bring him in. I liked the John Wall trade. I mean, if, if you got to trade Russell Westbrook, there's not a whole lot of options considering his contract and and mm-hmm. his value was a little. Let's, let's be honest, it was down a little bit at the end of last year. He, yeah, he struggled was. in the playoffs. So everybody says he can't shoot, and you know, rightfully so. He has he's had some struggles, but you know, he's shown everybody this year that he's still Russ. But uh, disappointing player for Houston. Um, I actually wrote almost everyone in my notes <laughs> because you know the two guys that I have the most disappointment in aren't on the team anymore and it's Harden and uh PJ Tucker and Harden just because of he didn't go about it the right way whatsoever you know causing all the problems that he caused and throwing teammates under the bus and for for all the good he's done in Brooklyn for that team and how basically a you know perfect teammate he's been since he's been there he's done whatever was asked of him he he just left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths the way he left yeah. Houston. and i don't know if he should just get a free pass for that right off the bat so i wasn't real happy with the way he did that and then i'm not really sure what everybody's you know so in love with pj tucker for steven tells me all the time he's a player that he that i should love he's my type of player and i just don't i don't get it he's like a poor man's Draymond Green, you know, really poor man's Draymond Green. <laughs> he's great on a championship level team. He he's a guy that can come in and give you all that toughness and locker room presence and all that. But I mean, he he didn't shoot well from the field at all. He complained all year about not wanting to be there anymore, and he averaged five points a game. He had like <laughs> at least nine or ten games where he didn't score as a starter playing thirty plus minutes. And yeah, I mean. At some point with a team that's not winning, that's just that's not you know something that they need to waste a whole lot more time on. So it was a good move by them to get rid of him. Uh, the coaching job, I mean, I don't know what you expected from Steven Silas. I think he he should get a lot of credit for sticking it out the way he has, and he's been professional through all of this because he's had every opportunity to not be that way. He's had a lot of issues this first year. Um, Half just read their roster. Half the names are you've probably hardly ever heard of. There's not a whole. There's a lot of guys on this team yeah. that played a lot of minutes that were either rookies or G League journeyman type of players. And I kind of felt going into it that the owner ownership with the amount of money their business has lost due to the shutdowns from COVID that they were going to be pinching pennies this year. They were going to try to cut payroll, and this is kind of what what I saw coming. So. Coaching job, I think he did great for what he was given, which was next to nothing. And yeah. uh, biggest looming decision, I, I mean, how long is John Wall under contract? Like two more years? I mean, yeah. so they're probably stuck with him. He's making $40 million. They might be able to move him. I don't, I don't know. But uh, where do they go from here? How do they get – how do they start this rebuild? Because they are in the middle of a rebuild – they got some good good value for in the Harden trade, so they've got some assets there. But they spent the three years before that completely raiding the cupboard of every asset they had to try to win with Harden. So yeah. they don't really have the best start for a team trying to rebuild. So I guess just you know how do they 
get back to where they want to be is, is really the decision they have to make. What's their first move? And then it'll be easier to kind of figure out where they go from there after that. Yeah. I mean, I definitely agree. Like you said, it's Christian Wood. If we talk about who's been the most improved player for the past year and a half, since last season, the all-star break, uh, right before the bubble or right before the shutdown and all that, it Christian Wood put his name out there when he was with Detroit. Everybody knew who he was. And then he comes to Houston and looks like you got him for cheap. He looked like a guy who was worth more money than you. He's, he was a steal of a contract. Outside of his injury, like you said, that man has been amazing. He's an all-star caliber player, and that's unexpected from a guy like him. Over the past two seasons, he's been the most improved player. He's not going to win that award, especially this mm-hmm. year, because he hasn't played enough. Like you said, he's played 41 games. I mean, you missed 31 games. You're not going to win that award. And then you've had some amazing guys who have improved enough to make it seem like improved tremendously. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, I talk about Julius Randle. He's he's amazing. His improvement has been amazing. Mm-hmm. But if you look at the numbers, his improvement hasn't been as big as an individual. Right. His impact on the Knicks mm-hmm. this year has been more like – eye-opening than his improvement mm-hmm. because the man did average about 21 and nine but two years ago i know right. he had a down year on the next and then this guy seen, for about three years yeah you've seen you've seen statistically he took a little bit of a notch but then you would say jeremy grant but he also mm-hmm. went down with injury so i think you know julius is Randle, julius randall's impact and be careful about a guy like julius randall he's went crazy but he's on a contract year uh, you don't necessarily see guys ball out in the NBA on their contract year like the NFL be, mm-hmm. just for the difference of like injury and things like that. And NFL players on their contract year, they ball out because this might be their last big contract. You know, careers right. don't last that long. Well, a guy like Julius Randle, he was going to go somewhere if he didn't stay with the Knicks. But what he's done with the Knicks is amazing. Mm-hmm. But you, you still you look at a Randle, you just hesitate of giving him two hundred some million dollars because does he have that same fire in him? After getting that payday, but we'll mm-hmm. see. I, I just love Chris and Kevin Porter Jr. I just want to give mm-hmm. you know they they yes. took a they took a chance on him after getting in trouble over there in Cleveland. Cleveland released him. A lot of our guys at the network said, "Man, he'd be a great addition." Pretty much most of us, us as a uh, our teams, we wanted Kevin Porter Jr. in there. So I basically Kevin Porter Jr. was a big time uh, addition. Also, sorry about that. Oh, good. I was like, oh, my got, God. Got tired of listening to you. No. Nah. <laughs> I just How about the freak out. I'm like, one second. Sorry about that. Uh, it's all I actually good. heard yeah. everything you said. So, Yeah, Kevin Porter Jr. Like, that's mm-hmm. just on oh, my emphasis on the Rockets is Kevin Porter Jr. looks like a future all-star. I ain't going to say Absolutely. superstar. It's all way, but but he's a scorer. He looks like he's going to be the guy that we just – he's just a scoring machine. You know, going forward, he's very young. So, all of us, like I would have loved him on the Heat. I thought we should have took a chance. Pretty much the Lakers, everybody, you was like, man, a young guy like that. Mm-hmm. We was all everybody in the network. We want we wanted him on our team. So right. but Houston take a chance on him. At least you got a building block. You have him, you mm-hmm. have Christian Wood. You got some youngish guys in a building block. Like you said, mm-hmm. just one of your Buckeyes, Jay Sean Tate's had a good year. Uh, he's played amazing, and mm-hmm. I didn't see this coming from him. And and so they they have some building blocks with KPJ. Um uh, Jay Sean Tate, Christian Wood, they they got something, and it is Houston. Like how mm-hmm. down da- how down has Houston been 
you know, right. for the most part, especially since Hakeem Olajuwon, like they, they go and then they get, they have Steve Francis and then they end up with Tracy McGrady and Yao Ming. Like they don't mm-hmm. stay down for too long. Right. They had them a couple down years in between that. And then they go get James Harden. Like, I don't think Houston will be down for too long unless the organization just is just that bad. But I, I mean, the city of Houston sells itself. It's, it's right. a destination for players. Mm-hmm. It's not that tough. I think to get a guy. And if you show some promise in the next couple of years, Houston could be right there. You know, so I don't think it'll be out of the game that long, but you never know because they did have some changes in the organization in the front office that you know Daryl Morey left, and and so the appeal takes away. But I think they have some building blocks and some good draft picks they're going to get, obviously for being horrible. Uh, right. That they might be able to capitalize on. I mean, they were they have the highest lottery odds. They were the worst team in the NBA. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, they could have the number one pick and, you know, fade for Cade could happen. It looks like he right. he's the favorite for the number one pick. So uh, I like Jalen Green, but, me too. you know, they could get Cade and have a KPJ and Cade. So there's a lot of things Houston could do that, that could somewhat be bright for their future. Right. And, you know, what you said about Jalen Green and Cade, it's it. I'm right there with you. I like Jalen Green just, you know, that much more. But it's not like if you get Cade Cunningham, you should be disappointed. The dude's going to be, you know, exactly. He's going to turn a team around wherever he goes, he's, and he's going to be a big part of it, more more right. likely than not. And this is the year you want to have a top pick for sure. There's a lot of a, a lot, lot of, of talent. talent in this draft. Yep. At least that's what everybody says. But everybody said this last draft wasn't so great, and I'm I'm not convinced. I feel like this draft ended up actually being a lot deeper than people really realized. Definitely exceeded expectations. And, you know, a lot of that was the COVID things and not having an NCAA yeah. tournament. You know, unfortunately, you know, the loudest people on social media and in the media in general get the majority of their information from, you know, watching on watching March Madness on TV. They hear a guy's name because he had a couple good performances. And like, oh, man, he could go high in the draft. Look how good he did in the NCAA tournament. And people fall in love with him for whatever reason. That's, that's what the tournament is for. That's when all mm-hmm. eyes – it's just like playoff baseball. It's just like the playoffs. Like, it's their playoffs. That's when all eyes are on the sport, and that's when you get to see the names. And a lot of the small, small-time small schools, like we've seen this year, you know, the small schools that, that have some talented players mm-hmm. – uh, Oral Roberts, prime example. They had some guys who boosted their draft stock in the tournament because you haven't been able – the numbers are there, but you haven't watched them all year, and then they pop on the screen for the tournament. So that did take away from some people's draft stock for the simple fact, like, you didn't – they didn't have that moment to pop. And, mm-hmm. and so COVID slowed that down. But I think this draft class has been tremendous. For sure. So, you know, honestly, for Houston, like you said, a franchise that's really not down very much for long – uh, haven't had a whole lot of years they've had to go through actual rebuilds this might be the best time to do it and, and they might have just you know timed it just right and it ends up working out for them and you know like you said it only takes one or two moves and they could be right back in things in a couple years so yeah you know, it's been a rough year for them but i think a lot of people saw it coming and i, I know i did um we're gonna move on to the next team but before we do that since i have you here mo and i what Wanted to talk to you about this because you know as much about it as I do. Steven normally does this, but I'm taking over for him today. I want to talk a little bit about our friends at Manscaped. I actually have with me their new uh, lawnmower 4.0 right here. So everybody can take a look at it. It's pretty beautiful. Thank you to Manscaped for my wonderful care package that I got. I appreciate that. You know, what can you say about Manscaped? It's just a, a great company, a great product. And so... What do you love about Manscaped, Mo? I mean, 
It, it fulfills the needs, mm-hmm. you know, uh, of of every man. It, it's Manscaped is a great product, you know, and then for us to be a part of the team is just amazing. Breaking mm-hmm. the game up in flames to be a part of the team is just, you know, amazing. I give that a big time shout out to Chris for even ha- right. giving us this opportunity. And, mm-hmm. and then what better than to be able to use the promo code BTG right. to get 20% off plus worldwide shipping we're mm-hmm. not just talking about we're talking about worldwide right. so if you're listening to this from japan or china or wherever you get 20 percent off and free shipping if you use the code btg so what better you mm-hmm. know to take care of it you know the jewels than using right. the promo code btg definitely definitely thank you for the plug i appreciate it and you know that worldwide shipping is no joke man that stuff's expensive but you know just yeah. look at this thing it's just it's beautiful it's obviously very, very high-tech piece of machinery. This is the 4.0. You know, I have to say, this is not... I actually had one already. This is the one that they just sent me. But, you know, I'm blown away by the performance. I know Steven is. He absolutely loves it. It's got the ceramic blade, so you're not going to nick yourself down there, which we all know that's not the last thing you want. And yeah. so stop using the same razor to shave your face that you do to shave your balls. It's just not cool. You know, I mean, it's not sanitary. (laughs) No, it's not. It's not clean. It's it's not a good look for anybody. I mean, this thing's got a spotlight on it. You can turn the light on and see everything. It's got four different size trimmers, trimmer guards. That's crazy to me, but that's, you know, it's awesome that you can't go wrong with manscaped. And like Mo said, use our code BTG. It helps support the show and you get 20% off and free shipping so can't miss that it's got a wireless charger i mean it's it's awesome i can't say enough about it so we'll move on mo i'll let you go ahead with the los angeles clippers man this so this season means everything for the clippers first off Kawhi leonard has not like it's i don't Kawhi leonard has not signed this contract extension he is a free agent after this season, all eyes coming this playoffs should be on the Los Angeles Clippers. We talk about we know it's going to be on your Lakers and see what LeBron does in to enhance his go argument or whatever. But all eyes should be on the Clippers. And they're like flying under the radar for expectations because all eyes is on LeBron and AD's health and, and some of these other teams and what Denver's lacking with Jamal Murray and is Utah and Phoenix for real. And you're like, it's mm-hmm. the Clippers flew under the radar all season. First off, they've had a very underrated season. They've played really good. Obviously, we know they low manage. We know what Kawhi and Paul George, they, they, they like to low manage. We know that just happens wherever Kawhi Leonard goes. But all of us should be on the Clippers because I think it's what Western Conference Finals at the least or bust. Mm-hmm. Like they have to at least reach Absolutely. the Conference Finals. They didn't reach it last year. And the the, the key thing is, is, if the Lakers meet the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals and the Lakers win, and whether they win the championship or not, if they do meet in the Conference Finals and play the Lakers and the Lakers win, does Kawhi look to leave? Like, I know he came to L.A. We know he's from that area. Mm-hmm. And, we, you know, he went to San Diego State. Yes, Tiles to Southern California. That's where all his family. But the man wants to win championships. And if he feels like they signed Paul George for the long haul, he's there. So if he feels like they can't win a championship after this year and then all the antics he did crown himself the king of L.A. when he came there, you know, he has some expectations and people may not kill him for it. But I mean, you didn't reach the Western Conference finals and then going into this playoffs, I think fully healthy. I still think the Clippers and the Lakers are the two best teams in the Western Conference. 
you know, salute mm-hmm. to what Utah and Phoenix has done and Denver, uh, Denver staying on the rise, you know, even after Jamal Murray injury and Luca being Luca. Like, I could just applaud all the teams, but two best teams, 100% health is still the Clippers and the Lakers. And so, mm-hmm. if the Clippers don't reach the conference finals or the finals, they're going to be in some trouble. And that's going to, you're going to be looking at possible if Kawhi stays and he's not feeling tight, like maybe he feel like Lou is not the answer as a coach. Then maybe there's a culture change. Maybe there's a change and Paul mm-hmm. George is out of the organization. I don't know. Like they did sign them and kept them on. So I just, it's the, the Clippers have a lot of questions coming into these playoffs. They, like I said, they've had a very underrated season. It was very good. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, here, here goes come, Chris bro. with the, the, the New York Knicks, you yep. know, Kawhi Leonard to the Knicks. If he leaves the possibility that someone's going to be a free agent, they're going to New York, baby. If he leaves the Clippers, he's coming to South Beach. That's just period, point blank. He's coming to South Beach. The culture fits him. We'll take him, we'll allow him to load manage. But I, I just think there's some expectations for the Clippers, and I think it's conference finals a bust. But I'll, I mean, nobody's really disappointed me on that team. Like, I, I, there's no player I look at and it's like, oh my god, he's just been horrible, or he hasn't reached expectations. Uh, I mean, Batum has had a rise, like being, you know, he he's still NBA worthy. Serge Ibaka, I mean, I guess maybe Serge Ibaka didn't play as great as you thought he would, but I I don't know what you expected from Serge. Yeah, he was been hurt. I don't know. Like, I guess they're most disappointed maybe is Serge because of injury. That's it. But, like, I'm not disappointed in his play when he's out there. Boogie looks like an adequate NBA. He looks like Boogie with the Clippers, which could be Mm -hmm. dangerous. Where where Rondo looks like the point guard they needed. So, I mean, there's not really nothing bad to say about the Clippers. Your your time, our time to attack the Clippers will be after the season if they don't reach expectations because I don't care about their seeding. They're one of the two best teams in the Western Conference Absolutely. healthy. And Absolutely. I think them and the Lakers, those are the two best teams in the Western Conference. I think the Clippers are the only team that I think at full strength could take down the Lakers, and I don't think they will. I just think they're the only team in the Western Conference that has a chance against the Lakers in a seven-game series. So, I mean, all eyes are on them. They got to – you know, they might have the easiest role. They might be – as a third, it's possible they could be the third seed. It just we'll have to wait and see after these games. But I mean, they could have the easiest road when you talk about they might not, you know, they might avoid the Lakers until the conference finals anyway. So there's no excuses, you know. And, and Kawhi Leonard got he got something to prove. You know, you came in as king of LA last year and didn't sign with LeBron because you wanted to beat him and take over the city because you felt like you know it's my city and you did all those antics. So. I just think all eyes should be on Clippers for the playoffs because if they don't do what's expected of them, which I think is conference finals, and then, I mean, I think finals are bust, to be honest, because you shorted yourself last year and Kawhi Leonard did not sign a contract extension. That is the biggest reason why I think it's, it could be finals or bust. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think you should be – you just – other than that, they've been great. Like, they've right. really been a great team. They've been consistent. They've been about where I thought they would because they do load manage and Kawhi doesn't play on back-to-backs and things. So, even though I think they're one of the two best teams, I don't – I didn't expect them to finish first or second just mm-hmm. because of the rotation and how they play. But, I mean, mm-hmm. just – like I keep saying, just all eyes are going to be on the Clippers this playoffs. I think that's when you'll really dive in and start picking apart the Clippers and seeing what Absolutely. their future holds. So, like, I don't really have much for their future – because I think the playoffs is going to tell everything we need to know about their future. And I mm-hmm. guess the future will be the future of Kawhi Leonard is determined in this playoffs, these, these playoffs this year. Right. I think their, their biggest looming decision is probably, you know, 
how much money is Ballmer going to spend to keep this team together? Because I think it's almost unlimited at this point. You know, he's worth more than like all the other NBA owners put together or something crazy or the top 10 or something. Yeah. He's obviously shown that they're going to do everything they can financially to put the best team possible out there. And with a new stadium that he's privately funding, that's costing over a billion dollars that they're building, they're going to, you know, they need to keep Kawhi Leonard there at, at all costs. I think, I think that's their, their biggest worry is keeping him happy and keeping him there because otherwise it's going to be, it's going to be a, a, a rough go of things with a new and big new stadium like that in Los Angeles when you've got LeBron, you know, still with the Lakers. Yeah. I will say this. It's weird how under the radar of a season they've had to me before how much they got killed after the playoffs last year and how much people like to, to hate Paul George. Nobody's hardly talked about them at all. And a lot of times for a team like this, that can be exactly what they need. They've had yeah. all year where nobody's really talked about him. Kawhi's a quiet guy, but you've got to think he's thinking, man, everybody's everybody forgot about me. Like two years ago, Kawhi Leonard, oh, anywhere Kawhi goes, they're going to be the favorite to win now. And and that's what it was last year. They were Everybody said, oh, you know, the, the Clippers are going to take over L.A., which will never happen, first and foremost. It just won't. They could win three straight the next three years, and it's still going to be like the Lakers town. But anyway, um, I just feel like they're the number one three-point shooting team in the NBA. Their starting five is the number one rated defensive rating lineup in the NBA. So they defend really well. They've been unconscious all year from three. As a team, they're shooting 41.7% from three. Yeah. That's crazy. As a team, like guys get paid nowadays for shooting 34%, 35. And they're just, I mean, they're hitting everything, which you used to say you live by the three, you die by the three. And that's not really the case so much anymore because everybody shoots threes all day long. So it's just kind of, you know, it is what it is. But this is a team where, they're never going to be out of a game. You know, uh, the way they shoot. Paul George was third in the MVP voting two years ago. Kawhi's yep. been one of the, known as one of the top three or five players in the league for a while now. They're healthy. You know, things with the coaching change have gone better than I expected. I, I wasn't mm-hmm. too big on Ty Lu. First thing he does is he installs the triangle offense, and it seems to be working because they're statistically, their numbers are are up near the top in a lot of these categories. Nick Batum, you know, risen from the dead, it seems like. You know, where's he? I just, I figured he had to be done just for the simple fact that Charlotte never played him. And yeah. he, he comes here to L.A. and then he, and he starts the first game of the year. And he, he had a really, really solid year. I mean, eight points per game, but he's, he's there for defense. He's been a, a, you know, a bright spot for sure. Um, the only guy that I was even a little bit down on was Lou Williams and he's gone. So yeah, you know, he, he was struggling a little bit, but he, they sent him home to, to Atlanta. So, you know, they've had an incredible year and I think you're exactly right. There's a lot of pressure on them, but I think that pressure is all internal. It's all within the organization. It's, we know what's looming if we don't win. It's not like everybody's expecting us to win. And that's all everybody's been talking about. It's like the last thing everybody's been talking about. Yeah. I, I can't remember a, a, a team with this high profile of stars 
just this like ignored for an entire regular season, basically. So it'll be interesting to see going forward, but I would not be surprised to see them in the NBA finals by any stretch, but we will move on to my beloved Los Angeles Lakers. You know, it's been, uh, it's been a year. It's not what everybody expected. That's for sure. Uh, You know, LeBron missed a lot of time with injuries. AD missed a lot of time with injuries. They looked pretty good last night. Uh, they both did. They had good games. ADs looked good the last few, so that's that's something to be really excited about. I mean, there's no no surprises with anything I'm about to say. LeBron's the best player, even when even though he missed a lot of time. You saw what they were without him. You saw what they were without him and AD. But even more so without LeBron, it was it looked like for a minute there they might struggle to win a game without those guys. Uh, those first mm-hmm. four, they they really really struggled, but. Credit to Dennis Schroeder, credit to the front office to get to bring in uh, Drummond. You know, they righted the ship. And I'll tell you what, I think Andre Drummond is going to have a lot of little two handed put back dunks and, you know, lobs come this playoffs. I just think it's going to be, you know, easy, easy money for him all playoffs long. He's good. Who's going to, the, the, who on defense is going to worry about him when he's out there with AD and LeBron and, and yeah. Schroeder and all those guys? And, Montrez Harrell had another really good year, kind of not talked about nearly as much as he was last year, even though his numbers are almost identical. Um, there are two guys that I was really, really happy with that they went and got that just didn't really seem to work out. And one of them was Mark Gasol. And it was, I had tempered expectations, but he's he looks like he's nearing the, the tail end of his career for sure. He's, he's, yeah. Getting up there, he's like what 35, 36, mm-hmm. and not not everybody's LeBron, you know, and they can't play till they're 40 and be a star. But you know, they miss the uh, athleticism that they had on the front line last year, or they did. I think adding Drummond, they've kind of got that back now, so that'll help. But he actually isn't my most disappointing player. He's just just one of the two that I had on my mind to pick between. I actually went with Wes Matthews. Um, I was really, really excited about him as an upgrade from Danny Green, and that has not been the case at all. And, you know, looking back on it, Danny Green, I just want to say I'm sorry because I killed you a lot last playoffs, and I said a lot that I didn't really like you, and you were pretty underrated. He had a pretty good year for the Lakers. You know, he, I think he made – him and KCP finished like second and third or first and third and most threes made in a playoff – in a, in a, throughout a playoffs for one season for in Lakers history. So, yeah. you know, they were doing something right. But Wes Matthews just hasn't worked out. He he His shooting has been atrocious. I mean, like 40% from two and like 33% from three for a guy who's considered a three and D player and five points per game. It's just, you know, not what I expected – from him coming in, I was I was really really excited that they went and got him. He was somebody I thought that would would help a lot. But you know, legacies and all, money and all that's made in the playoffs, and he could have a really really great playoffs and and come up in the clutch when they need him, and things could completely the whole narrative for his season could completely change. And that's how a lot of these guys that that's why we the wording of disappointing player because it doesn't mean we think they're bad or you know that they're they have no value it's just they weren't what we expected from from them for the season coaching job pretty good um you know vogel's not an all-star coach he's not a top 10 coach in the nba i i i just feel like he's on this team he's an ego manager and he's gonna kind of just 
nudge them in the right direction when they need them to. Other than that, when LeBron was out with injury and AD was out with injury, I, I don't know what more you could ask for. They they held on pretty well. I expected them to drop. I didn't really think they'd be seventh or eighth, but I'm kind of excited to see them in the play-in. I, I think it'll be fun to see uh, – you know, a team that had championship aspirations have to go out and earn it just to make it into the first round. And yeah. I, I'm not really worried that we're going to struggle with that or anything. And just real quick before I let you take over, Mo, we are running up against it for uh, the Dash Radio show. So if you are listening to us on Dash Radio, go find anywhere you, you find your podcasts. Go look up Breaking the Game, subscribe, rate, review, Make sure you don't miss the rest of this conversation between Mo and I because we've got a lot more good stuff to talk about. There's still quite a few teams left. I promise it's not going to be all Lakers talk the rest of the night, so don't worry if you're not a Lakers fan. But we are going to sign off real quick for the radio, so definitely got to tune right back in because I know Mo is going to say something good here. So thank you for listening, guys. And, you know, as Stephen says, much love, everybody, and have a good one, and find us on the podcast. Yep, yep, yep. So go ahead with the Lakers. Go ahead. All right. So I think it's there's not much to say. I mean, we've had our conversations off air about mm-hmm. LeBron and the Lakers, and it's like don't panic. As long as they're healthy, mm-hmm. there's nothing to panic about. Um, I think they're in the best position. If they beat Golden State and they have to play Phoenix, I mean, Lakers in five. I, I no, sorry to Phoenix. Great mm-hmm. year. Great season, but you got they just not they not there yet against the Lakers. I mean, we know, like you said, we talking about a team who wants to win championships. Mm-hmm. We talking about LeBron James, who's chasing, you know, the the greatest of all time behind Jordan or whatever. You talk about Anthony Davis, who's trying to create a legacy, whatever that mm-hmm. may be. Whether he's shooting for greatest power forward of all time or not, I don't know, but he, he's trying to create a legacy. So, I, it's. The Lakers weren't disappointed because it was injured injuries. Right. Like had they have been fully healthy and was a seven seed, I'd be completely worried about right. the Lakers, and I'd be like, "Oh my god!" Like, yeah, it's a disaster. Is there any I mean, reality where they don't miss LeBron and AD? Don't miss a lot of time that they would finish seventh or eighth to you? I, I don't, I don't no. even know how that would happen. It, it would like it wouldn't happen just because like with LeBron and AD on the floor, mm-hmm. night in and night out, for the most part, you have the two best players on the court. You'd, you'd have There's a couple you'd of teams. Have to be something like LeBron just like fell off cliff, or, you know? Yeah, like it, it would have took like true like LeBron's just done. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I mean, they, they are what they are. We know that we're waiting on them in the playoffs anyway. So mm-hmm. you know, if they do happen to be in this play-in tournament, then whatever. I mean. You know, you and me talked about this last night. If the Lakers win it coming out of the play-in, bro, it just it, it enhances LeBron's legacy mm-hmm. so much. I mean, he, he comes out of the play-in tournament as a seven seed, wins a championship. Like, there's there's nothing else to say about that. And mm-hmm. you don't think LeBron pays attention to that. If anybody thinks LeBron doesn't pay attention to that, you're crazy. Like, there's a reason he didn't full-blown rush back because he's like, you know what, man, what if I – as long as I come back 100%, if I win coming out of the play-in tournament – that's even better. I'm taking the toughest road. I got to play two games, possibly mm-hmm. two games, or at least a game seven before I even play a series. And, I mean, to be honest, I, I'd rather see Phoenix than Denver. And mm-hmm. I'd rather see Phoenix than Me what too. we thought could would possibly be the Clippers. I'd rather play Phoenix than either one of those two teams. And, I'd rather so, play them than Utah, too. I think Utah yeah, but really I, I think I'm the not Lakers, sure about Phoenix. I think the Lakers beat Utah in five. I just don't mm-hmm. see – like, I, I – salute to their season but if one of those two teams have to play the lakers in the first round it's a wrap like 
great year. Good job. You know, pat on the back. You guys are moving in the right direction. But you just fell victim to a team who fell victim at seven or eight to injury. And they're back healthy. And you just got the short end of the stick for being the best team in the Western Conference. So, right. I, mean, I don't want to spend too much time on Lakers. They're, we'll see in the playoffs. But, I mean, I won't be surprised. They're the only playing tournament team that has a chance of winning a championship. And mm-hmm. Probably ever that you'll like, see that. Like, like Steven and I love the joke about, you know, against all odds, LeBron James took him from the play-in to the championship. You don't think he wants to see that narrative? He exactly. absolutely loves that stuff. Exactly. He's just a kid so, from Akron, you know? That's it's just Exactly. It's just a thing. kid from Akron goes from the play-in tournament to champion. Like, you know, we, we talk about LeBron and the Lakers all day, mm-hmm. but, I mean – they they right. they had their season it, it, injuries or whatever might put them in a play in tournament but whatever they seem like they're back healthy so they'll be fine right and you know it I don't want to overstate the difference between regular season basketball and playoff basketball but what Mo's saying here about Phoenix and and Utah having great years and they they are really good teams and they could be for real. It could very easily go the other way because well, according to guys like Jeff Van Gundy, defense gets ratcheted up almost 50% from the regular season to the playoffs. That's a huge difference. And it, it could be a lot harder to find all those wide open threes that Utah's had all year, you know, come playoff time. But I personally am convinced that the Jazz are a really, really good team. Phoenix, I like. Obviously, Chris Paul, great. You know, we're about to talk about them in a minute. They, they've got a lot of good players, but they're really young outside of Chris Paul, and they still haven't won anything that matters at all yet. They, they just made the playoffs for the first time in a decade, and it just so happened that they're going to get a top two seed and might have to play LeBron and the Lakers in round one. That's, I mean, you couldn't ask for worse, worse luck, but the Lakers are what they are. They in the words of, uh, is it, oh, is it Green, the football coach? They are who we thought they were, mm-hmm. and that was him, right? Yep. So they are who we thought they were, even even though they finished seventh or eighth. You know, I everybody knows healthy. They're they're the team to beat. Still, just you got you can't be you can't take the throne until you dethrone the current king. So we have to see that happen first. But we're gonna move ahead to the Memphis Grizzlies. Mo, I'll let you take it up, take over with the Memphis Grizzlies. Oh, I mean, you know, I think the biggest thing with Memphis, I think they're right about where I thought they would be. Uh, their, their biggest hit on their season, I think, is missing Jaron Jackson Jr. the whole season. I think that was mm-hmm. huge. Uh, it was huge not having him in the bubble uh, last year. So I just think. You know, you've seen them today. They were real competitive against Golden State, couldn't hold on to it. But at the same time, like, I just – I don't know. There's not much to knock on Memphis. I think they're coaching. They'll, they'll be fine. They have John Morant. Jaron Jackson Jr. will come back, hopefully healthy uh, all the next season. So, I mean, they got a bright future. I just – it's not a lot to say about yeah. Memphis. Um, but, like – they got a bright future. They may – I don't see them winning, like getting in the first round of the playoffs uh, after what Golden State did to them. I just don't see them beating – winning two games because, I mean, that ultimately means you're going to have to beat the Lakers or the Warriors, uh, the loser of that game. So, I just – I mean, it was a great season. John Morant had missed some games also. So, I think they've just fell vic- – but they got a bright future ahead of them. So Definitely. I do, They're a young I like team. like Memphis – yeah. They're a really young team. You know, Brandon Clark is the only guy I would even say I'm remotely 
you're disappointed in just because yeah. he, his production fell off from last year. Usually you see with young guys that have a, a really good rookie season, they tend to make like a leap in year two. But they, they actually finished exactly where I had them in my preseason predictions. Um, yeah. The coach, you know, I think he's safe for the time being. They've, they've, they haven't disappointed anyways, that's for sure. Um, yeah. We'll try to speed through these last few because the majority of them are just not very inspiring. There's not a whole lot to say about Minnesota. Uh, pardon my French, Minnesota sucks, and they've sucked for pretty much my entire life outside of, of some years with Kevin, Kevin Garnett. And even when they had him, they didn't, they didn't handle it the right way at all. They never gave him any help. And yeah. Anthony Edwards is, is a lone bright spot there, I think. I went with him as my best player, even though statistically it's obviously Cat, and I think most people would agree that he is their best player. But I just thought of it in terms of his big numbers have never meant anything in terms of winning. At all. At, like, all. at all. Like, it doesn't matter how good of a game he has. It doesn't seem like it makes a difference if, whether or not they actually win. Um, I projected them 13th. I thought they'd be a little – or 15th. I thought they'd be just a dumpster fire, you know, a little bit worse than where they are. They're 13th. Um, but in true Minnesota fashion, you know, they're in jeopardy of losing that that uh, first-round pick, and now they start winning games. It has to be in the top three or they lose it. And right when they get to where they're, like, the worst team with the best odds, they start winning games they don't need to win, you know. And why? Why not do what Oklahoma City's doing and shut shut guys down and, and make sure you keep that pick? But that's that's Minnesota. There's there's nothing exciting coming out of that team other than Anthony Edwards. He has had a really yeah. good rookie season. Um, you can go ahead with the Pelicans. The most disappointing team in the NBA. Mm -hmm. Like, agreed. I, I don't even want to. I'm not gonna spend too much time on them because I feel like. We've killed them on y'all show, my show. Man, look, we've talked about how every time we get a chance to talk about the most disappointing team in the NBA is the New Orleans Pelicans. Mm -hmm. And it's not because of one player. It, it has nothing to do with Zion, Brandon Ingram. It has nothing to do with Alonzo Ball, who's played really great this year. And, I, I mean, I don't even know if it has something to do with coaching, but I'm, like, just assuming it has to be coaching because you have the players. You have Zion. You got Brandon Ingram. Like, we expected them to at least be in the play-in tournament. Mm -hmm. At the very least, like Definitely. Zion had an all-NBA season, possibly first-team all-NBA. He stayed healthy for majority of the season. Like I said, he might be first-team all-NBA. Uh, Ingram mm -hmm. just missed the all-star game, but it wasn't because of his numbers. It was because of the fact they sucked. <laughs> like right. They were disappointing, and they weren't mm -hmm. at where we thought they would be. To They weren't worthy enough mm -hmm. as a team to have two all-stars, even though you had two all-star players. Right. Lonzo Ball in a contract year showed us a lot um, – so I, I don't see New Orleans getting rid of them, but it's very possible because there might be a team willing to pay a dime more for Lonzo Ball. Like they wanted to move him at the trade deadline and never did. Right, but, so. and, and I think part of it is because they want Lonzo, but I think they know, mm -hmm. um, you know, with him being a restricted free agent, there's going to be a team that's willing to pay a, a million or two more that right. just shuts, you know, it'll be a bidding war in a sense, and mm -hmm. it might just be a team who's competitive and, and needs a point guard. Uh, you know, this this is actually a prime time where the Knicks could jump in the picture. Uh, they need a point guard. I think Alonzo Ball would be perfect for the New York I Knicks. Think so I think that would elevate. And then you talk about, you know, Derrick Rose still coming off the bench for that team. I mean, that, that'd be really good for the Knicks. Uh, so I, I would be keeping my eyes on Lonzo Ball and the Knicks. And obviously he's a free agent. So you got to keep your eyes on any free agent in the Knicks. 
because they just get their name attached to them. The fans don't even do it. That's what's crazy. The fans don't even attach these guys to their franchise anymore. Right. It's just media. the world, the the social media and the media just oh he's got to go to New York. Like it's I don't know. We we it's almost to, to the point now that it, everybody just jokes about it, and then it gets joked about so much that yeah, like, like we tend thing. to send guys to New York, and right. we they have no ties to no interest to go to the Knicks. We just attach their name, and I think it was just fun up until this year to just get Knicks fans Do you disappointed. Expect an NBA player to say that? Oh no, Madison Square Garden, some rundown dump. I don't want to play there. When they ask him what it's like playing your first game at the Garden, I mean, they're never going to say anything bad about it. But I will say that's something to keep an eye on because there's just there's certain ways players answer questions, and mm-hmm. Zion answered that like. Not to be yeah. fa- Zion had a Woody when he answered that question. Right. Like he was, yes, he, he was ecstatic talking about Madison Square mm-hmm. Garden, and he almost forgot yeah, to say absolutely. like, yeah, outside of New Orleans, like he had to throw that in there. Outside of New Orleans this is my favorite place to play. Like he had to throw that in there. But right. I mean, they've just been the most disappointing team, and I think their coach he has to be on the hot seat, and they might make a decision to fire him. I, I thought mean, it was weird that they went with him in the first place. Just. I don't know. I didn't even know he was trying to get back into coaching. Stan Van Gundy. Yeah, uh, I it, think. He had a really, really good cushy job sitting and talking about games, and I think he is probably missing that a little bit right now because New Orleans cannot stop a cold. They can't guard anybody. That's really yeah, their issue. Just, their defense is just terrible. Yeah, they're just and the most disappointing team it's in the NBA. I mean, uh, Zion is just a, like he's a. It's just unreal what he does. Yeah, you know, he's had a, one of the best. I'll say it's not his rookie year, but it basically is for his first full season. This is one of the best in a long, long time. But you know, New Orleans is—they still do have two really good players. They could—they could make a run next year, and I wouldn't be surprised to see them in the in the thick of the of the playoff hunt next year. Yeah, you know, it just didn't work out in year one. We'll see how it goes going forward for them, and we will go forward with the Oklahoma City Thunder. That's who I have next. Um, results first expectations. I f- picked them to finish 14th and they're, they're f- or 15th and they're 14th. And I think they're trying hard to get to that la- that 15th spot. I mean, anybody who's uh, done anything for that team this year production-wise has been shut down, um, sadly, because I was loving watching SGA. He was having a yeah. hell of a year. Proven a lot of us here on the network, Stephen especially, and me more just riding Stephen's coattails, proven us right for what we thought about him because he was he was looking like he, this was going to be his breakout year before, you know, they – I mean, yeah, he's hurt. He had an injury, but they're not trying to win games. Let's just be be real about Yeah, it. it's they like don't you don't even games. talk about – like they're just like, not trying to win games. That's what it is. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they looking at this – rookie class and, and, you know, this incoming rookie class. And they want a piece of one of those guys, whether it's Kay Cunningham, Jalen Green, uh, Kaminga. There's a lot of players this year that they have their eye on. Yeah, so, I mean, they're going to have a great chance at getting one of these great players to put alongside, you know, one of the uh, Mobley, somebody Mm -hmm. to put alongside SGA and start building a future. So, right. I mean, but OKC was terrible this year. I mean, that's just – Not really disappointed in anybody. I went with Al Horford just because I'm tired of guys deciding not to play anymore or or searching for a new team to go to or shutting them down until they can find a better, you know, a better situation. Like, you know, I understand he didn't sign a contract with them but he's under contract like just it just I'm, I'm getting tired of guys deciding that they're not going to play until they get what they want I'm, I'm yeah over it. coaching job they 
before they shut everybody down, they were, they were, I think really what it was is they were doing too good. They didn't want to win and they were winning more games than they really wanted to. So, you know, Oklahoma city, the future could be bright. They've always drafted well for the most part. So you have no reason to think they won't going forward, but this year was not a year they were trying to win games. All right. We are down to what? Four, four or five more teams. So, um, I don't want to keep everybody here all night. I know we both have lives, Mo. I know you're busy. Yeah. I'm busy. Um, so the two that I just wanted to touch on really quick are pretty obvious, and it's Phoenix and Utah. So mm-hmm. I'll let you go ahead with Phoenix. Uh, I mean, a hell of a year. Phoenix had a great year. Obviously, you know, we talked about it earlier while talking about the Lakers. Uh, I think their season is going to come up short at the end of the first round. I think they'll be out. Uh, if they're the two seed, they have to play the Lakers. And and actually, I think they're done. You know, I, I'm calling it now. They end up playing. If the Warriors beat the Lakers and, and Phoenix is lucky enough to get the Warriors instead of the Lakers, I think the Warriors win a seven-game series. They have two champions in Steph Curry and Draymond Green who going to bring that playoff intensity. Steph Curry's on a roll. I don't see him slowing down in the playoffs, especially right. the first round. So, I, I mean, I just think it's Phoenix got a bad break of who they have to match up against this year whether it's the mm-hmm. Lakers or, or the the Warriors. But obviously, Chris Paul, they, like, is he an MVP for the league? No, but is he arguably the most valuable player to a team? Mm-hmm. Yes. If you take the true valuable, that if you take the V and most valuable, the two most valuable players in the NBA are Chris Paul and LeBron James mm-hmm. because you see what happens to franchises when they get there and you see what happens when they leave. All, all franchises mm-hmm. really turn into a dumpster fire after they leave. And the next franchise they go to, it grace them with their presence, and they become winners, whether it's reaching the playoffs for the first time in 10 years as Phoenix or last year having less than a 1% chance of making the playoffs and you go as a five seed in OKC. Chris Paul is an amazing player. He's going to have an amazing legacy. He may not ever win a championship, but that's okay. He's probably going to be a top five to seven point guard of all time, uh, just depending on what you're looking at and how you're considering it. Um and Devin Booker, bona fide all-star, future superstar of the league. We know that. One of the top players under 25. So his future looks bright. DeAndre Ayton kind of stepped up this year, as I thought he would, mm-hmm. alongside a pick-and-pop kind of guy. Don't tell that to their Chris fans, Paul. though, man. Yeah, their I fans mean, hate the guy. I get it. But, I mean, I knew you would see some improvement from him playing mm-hmm. alongside a point guard like Chris Paul. I said, I said Ayton would benefit the most, and he has – Mikael Bridges stepped up. I loved him in college. Uh, I'm glad mm-hmm. to see, you know, I've seen this kind of, I won't say I necessarily seen him this good this fast, but I've seen this kind of ability from him coming out of college. Mm-hmm. So for him to be doing that in the NBA is right. is not a surprise. Um, they got a really good, but they just have no playoff experience. I mean, outside of what Chris Paul and Jay Crowder, none of mm-hmm. those guys have really ever, none of those guys have ever been to a playoffs. I mean, Cam Johnson, Cam Payne, Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, Mikael Bridges, None of those guys, their core guys outside of Chris Paul and Jay Crowder have ever been in a playoff series. So that's going to matter. There's never been a team with this little playoff experience to really have playoff success their first time. It just doesn't yeah, happen. Yeah, it just it doesn't yeah, happen. And then, right. like I said, you're going to fall victim to playing former champions, whether it's the Lakers or it's the Warriors and Steph Curry and Draymond Green. You're playing a, a duo who's won a championship or two mm-hmm. or three together so i mean i just think they caught a bad break with injuries and stuff to other teams that they're gonna have to play them but 
they had a great year. They have something to build on. Culture change, or as far as coaching situations, there will be no coaching change. Monty Williams is a great coach. Rightfully yes, earned his, you know, he's a great coach. Arguably, you know, coach of the year. There's a few mm-hmm. guys. Thibodeau's another guy who's in that conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, he culture change is fine. What do they do? What's looming in the future? Not much. I mean, is Chris Paul, like, Chris Paul stays. They keep their team together. Can they get mm-hmm. a, a decent free agent? I mean, other mm-hmm. than that, there's no question about their future. Devin Booker is their star. They're going to pay him when it's time, and I think he'll right. probably stay in Phoenix. Uh, there's not many off-season questions for Phoenix. I, they had a great year. I mean, mm-hmm. definitely just might fall know. short in the playoffs if you have expectations of seeing, like, this is your dark horse Western Conference Finals team. I hate to tell you, you're going to be very disappointed. I, I, I feel you on that, Mo, for sure. I, I think – Steven is a little bit higher on, on Phoenix than I've been all year. He's, he's been, he's pretty into the Chris Paul uh, phenomenon and, and Chris Paul's going to have a weird legacy if he never wins a title because everywhere he goes, teams get better, but he's never won. It's like, he's yeah. the ultimate winner until it comes to the big time. And it, for whatever reason, a lot of times he's just hurt, but uh, it's just, it's going to be a really weird legacy. I feel like if he, cause he's a perfect example of, and same with Julius Randle. I meant to say this earlier about him. They're perfect examples of the eye test doesn't match up with the numbers. Like Randle's numbers haven't changed for two years, really. But watching his impact on the court is completely different than it was two years ago. Whereas yeah. Chris Paul, you watch him and you see a, 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 a good point guard, a very good point guard, but he doesn't really stick out all that much when he plays. But then you look at the advanced numbers and he's got like – He's at the top of so many advanced stats lists for all-time numbers. It's unreal. Like he's up there as much as LeBron James and Michael Jordan and the all-time greats. Yeah. And it's it's going to be interesting to see if he never wins one. But the other team I did want to mention is the Utah Jazz and no disrespect to Portland, no disrespect to San Antonio, no disrespect to any uh, anybody else we may have missed. You guys deserve your exit interviews. I understand Sacramento. You don't. Sacramento doesn't deserve anything. They're so, they're awful. No, I'm kidding. But uh, I do want to talk a little bit about Utah before we let everybody go. Um, they've been arguably the best team all year. I they're the they're another team that has a coach in the running for coach of the year. Quinn Snyder's been terrific. And Stephen and I have talked about this a lot on this show. The continuity thing. I think this year with keeping basically the same core together. Not a lot of other teams did that. And with the shortened off season and the condensed season, they came into this year ready to roll, and a lot of other teams really weren't. And it's shown. They're they're not your typical Utah Jazz team under Jerry Sloan that you grew up with where they're, they play great defense, they slow it down, and they try to grind out a win. They go out and they shoot, the, they shoot you out of the game. They shoot more threes than anybody. They're one of the best three-point shooting teams. And then they've got – Arguably the great, the best defender in the NBA, uh, Rudy Gobert on the back line to kind of just clean everything up. Uh, you know, mountain man Mike Conley, as a lot of people like to call him, has uh, has had a resurgence for this year. He uh, he had a rough year last year, but he's he's come back and and really you know picked it up. And they they could win the finals this year. You know, I could see them in the NBA finals. I, I don't think they're the favorite. I don't think they would ever be the favorite. I think they could have gone 70 and two. And I don't know that people would really give them the credit to be the favorite. Cause it's Utah. Utah's bound. Utah's like 
destined to be in the four or five game in the Western conference first round every year. Yeah. I feel like, so th- this year it all came together. Maybe Donovan Mitchell is a budding superstar. Maybe he's just below that level, but he's really good. Regardless, uh, they're going to be tough to beat because they're good on offense. They're good on defense. They've got two guys that are in the running for six man of the year coming off the bench that can absolutely fill it up. Uh, for a while there, Joe Ingles was having arguably the best shooting season ever. He was had the only non-center in the top five for a season for true shooting percentage in in league history. So yeah. he was doing some things that people have never seen before, and he's had a heck of a of a uh, you know a dry spell here, and he's still at like sixty seven percent true shooting, which is insane. So they've got a lot of things working for him. Um, if something happens to where they end up playing the Lakers in the first round. It's another thing where I'm sorry you had such a great year this year, but I don't see it continuing, unfortunately, for for Utah fans. But the few times that Utah and the Lakers did play this year, two out of the three games, the Lakers got embarrassed, but they were without their two stars. So you can't even really put much on that. So it's going to be a really, really interesting playoffs, don't you think, Mo? Whoa, 100%. I mean, this this playoffs, you look at both conferences, mm-hmm. the matchups, right. it's going to be ridiculous. I mean, the first round is typically like a little dry, except like you usually the four and five matchup is usually like that's probably the most intriguing matchup. And on both sides, that's not necessarily the case. Like, I mean, the four and five is going to be great mm-hmm. in the Easter Conference. Mm-hmm. Obviously, you know, being a part of the network, we get the Knicks versus the Hawks. Like, this Ooh. was like legacy to see this. Right. But, um. That might not be the most entertaining on the Easter conference. And in the four and five, we don't for sure know who it's going to be uh, as we, we don't for sure know who it's going to be as far as um, the four and five. We're waiting for the results tonight. But I mean, it's, it could, you know, Dallas and De- it could be Dallas and Denver. It could be Dallas and the Clippers. Like we don't right. know. This is just it, it's going to be an amazing playoff. Dallas and the Clippers had last year. If they meet in the first round, that's going to be fun. Yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be a hell of a playoffs. I I'm just I'm ready to tune in, ready for next weekend and the playoffs to start. Absolutely, me too. Well, thank you, Mo, for joining us. I know you're you're up against it, and we got to get going here. But uh, just go ahead and say something nice to the people. Tell them where they can find you and and whatever else you want to add. Yeah, 100. Thanks for having me on, uh, bro. You did a great job, great thank job you. of filling in for Steven. It's not um, easy. He, he has a big role on this show. Yeah, sure. I'm sure my guys, you know, out there stressing and hopefully, you know, he gets his updates from his wonderful wife who tuned right. in and, and let yeah. you know you was doing a great job. But as far as for me, you can find me on Up at Flames Pod on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Mo underscore Cheese 15 on Twitter and Instagram. That's, you know, my personal account where I'm more active. Uh, go check out Up at Flames Sports Podcast everywhere you listen to your podcast. Like I said, Austin, I appreciate you for having me on. Yeah, I, I appreciate you coming on for my first show here by myself. It was a big help. It would have been it would have been a little intimidating to do it without some help. But that's one of the best things about being a part of the Off the Ball Network is we've definitely all got each other's backs, and we all you know it's fun. We love doing it. Like Prez just said, bunch of goats. That's absolutely true. Um, I am thinking pretty strongly about just having the the Hoopers and Chris and Edgar come on all in one episode and just. Tuning, you know, turning my feed off and letting them argue for an hour. Just let them hash it out. Mm-hmm. I think it'd be, I think it would be so much fun to watch. But that's what we get to see every day in our group chat. So I know we talk about it a lot, but it's it's one of the best things. 
Edgar versus Fresh, real quick before we go. Edgar versus Fresh in a celebrity boxing match. There we go. June 6th in Miami. Let's get Edgar there we go. in the Knicks versus Fresh in, in his Atlanta Hawks. <laughs> and they're going to be wearing Hawks and Knicks shorts fighting right. on June 6th as the undercar for Mayweather and Logan Paul. Let's call it now. Just, just for a, a, an idea for everybody out there of what we're talking about. The other day, they started at 8 in the morning, by 8 a.m., and at like 2.30 in the afternoon, they were still going at it. I mean, all day long, and it's it's just – it's gold. It's great stuff. But, you know, it's been a lot of fun. Um, it's been intimidating. It's been exciting, but ultimately everything went well. I want to thank Manscaped again. They're, you know, they're the best. It's one, they've got one of the best products out there. Uh, everything they have is great. Check out the, the weed whacker, the nose and ear hair trimmer, the obviously the lawnmower 4.0 is the best you can get. And use that code BTG. Like I always say, it's easy. It's just three letters. I like things that are easy. And you get 20% off and free shipping. You know, it helps support our show. And you get really, really great products that you need to have. And you need to be using them. So thank you guys for tuning in. This has been uh, Breaking the Game. I'm Austin. This was Mo. So great, gracious to join us. Steven, we miss you, man. We can't wait to hear from you again. Safe travels. We love you. And everybody, thanks for tuning in. Have a good one. <laughs>